If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Morning, everybody. Good afternoon, evening. This is Joe Hoft from the Joe Hoft Show here at tntradio.live. We're happy you're here, as always. Uh, thank you for joining us. We've got another dynamite show. We've got George Papadopoulos joining us here after the break. Can't wait to talk to him, of course. He's the uh, young, handsome man who was caught up in the middle of the uh, deep state uh, debacle where they tried to frame President Trump and anybody around him uh, with uh, what looked like a CIA op. Uh, to try to claim that Trump was connected to Russia. Total bogus. They find this young man who's just barely even connected to Trump. I think there was one picture of George with Trump, and and then they tried to frame him. Man, this was our U.S. government and uh, the individuals from other countries that were helping these crooks in our government uh, frame and try to get rid of President Trump. It's all an operation. It's been an operation for some time. And they really have turned it on the American people now, and you can see it. You can see it in every every day and every way. Uh, just this past weekend, more and more coming out on this corrupt uh, DA in Georgia and what she's doing, and she's behind this case against Trump and 15 others. They've indicted uh, in ho- with for horrible crimes. They did nothing wrong. They all were just fighting for the truth after the election. The election in Georgia never should have been certified. It was not certifiable. It was a crime to certify it. It was a crime. And so... Um, this is according to federal statutes. You go look uh, look up the Hava Act. And, uh, tell me that's not a crime, what they did. Certifying an uncertifiable election. There was a million ballots that were in question. A million. By uh, some IT uh, individuals that, that spoke and with Rudy Giuliani in front of the Senate. At the end of the at the end of the uh, um process, uh, one of the senators put together a report. His name is Lagone. He's a judge, a former judge, and he said, Hey, this election never should have been certified. Course it should and now we've got a corrupt Soros-backed DA who's sleeping with her prosecutor. Her prosecutor is found in the White House the day that they hired Jack Smith, and it's all coming out. And 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 this is what we're dealing with today. You talk about deep state, and this is what uh, Mr. Papadopoulos, George Papadopoulos, will share. He's got a book out, Deep State Target. It's uh, brilliant. I haven't read it myself. I'm got to be honest, uh, but I followed his story very closely uh, while he was being framed by our corrupt government. It's just horrible stuff that this government's doing today. Horrible and um, and 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 corrupt and, and disgusting. And we've got this Biden administration who after stealing the election, because it never should have been certified, they stole it. And I mentioned this, we have three books on the topic, the steal volumes one, two, and three. And in the second book, I just lay it out. Every single topic, whether it be the machines, whether it be the numbers, whether it be the processes, whether it be how, how can you certify this stuff with no chain of custody when you've got you know piles, not just piles, but millions of ballots floating into our, into our system during the 2020 election because of absentee ballots, because of COVID. They said, we have to do this. All, a lot of this was illegitimate. For example, in Wisconsin, they used drop boxes. They were illegal. Uh, there were they had other people signing up saying they had because they had COVID they were signing up for this uh, special classification in Wisconsin, totally illegal. There was not that was not what the law intended. It wasn't just for people that had a flu. It was for for much more serious individuals. They took we saw here here's a piece I wrote about in my book. We saw in my second book and all the stuff that happened. One thing is we they 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 attacked and took advantage of our strongest and our weakest. Strongest was the military. Military votes came in and they were all for Joe Biden. 
these, these reams of carbon copied ballots that were all for Joe Biden. And then on the other hand, the elderly, the weakest of our society in homes, couldn't even talk some of these people. So, you know, so close to death, just, um, you know, barely hanging on. They, they couldn't even communicate. And yet they somehow voted for Joe Biden. This is this is what they did. They took advantage of everybody, steal this election. And so this is where we're at today. And it's a mess. And, and I tell you what, President Trump was on over the weekend with Maria Bartiroma at uh, Sunday Morning Futures and at Fox Business, uh, a brilliant, brilliant girl herself. And he mentioned some of these things. And he talks first. He went, well, we've got a couple of clips from that. We've got his first clip. He talks about how things were under the president, uh, Trump presidency. So here, listen to what President Trump has to say here with Maria. Four years, we had no wars. We defeated ISIS. I knocked out the biggest terrorists in the world. We had the best economy ever. I cut taxes. I cut regulations at a level. I had the biggest tax cut ever. I had the biggest regulation cut ever. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country. We never did better. We never did better. And all of the people that say, oh, never Trump, they don't even know why they're saying it. We did a job that very few people have ever done. And Brilliant. Brilliant. He's so right. And, and, you know, and yet the only thing, the only thing that the left has got to stick, like my once friend said, and, and I think it's a great observation, the only thing is Trump's not nice. He's just not a nice person, which is a huge lie. You talk to people around him, what a good man he is. It's just, uh, I, I hear stories. I hear stories all the time about this guy. I know somebody that brought in her husband who was a plumber to meet, and, and they met. And he was so kind to this guy. He sat there and he listened and talked to him. Because Trump was in construction. And he treated this man like a, like a, like a billionaire or, or the plumber that he was. He was a good man. And President Trump was good to him. And this is the kind of stories I hear over and over and over about President Trump just a good person. And we're supposed to believe this corrupted media that says, oh, he's mean. I tell you what, he's gone through more hell than anybody I know on this earth right now. There's people going through hell. I mean, look, Roger Stone's got 11 cases against him, something like that, related to January 6th. He wasn't even there. And yet he's got to defend himself, bankrupting him. It's, they, they want to torture us. These people are fascist, communist monsters. And this is their tactic, destroy the enemy. They take, they take a thousand people now, throw them in prison. Four Trump supporters were murdered, killed on January 6th. And yet they get, they and yet the media never says boo about that. And, and yet they make up a story that, oh yeah, five policemen died that day. It's a total lie. Total lie. Thank God for places like here at TNTradio.live where we can share the truth. You don't have to listen to garbage. You know, you're going to get it unfiltered. You're going to get it from the Joe Hoff show the way it is. And, and, and I tell you what, these thoughts that President Trump is mean, I think he's handling it well. I mean, my God, look what they did from day one. They were spying on it. They set up a coup d'etat. The top people in the Obama administration that he, that he placed in that DOJ, the most corrupt actors in all of the DOJ are the ones that made their way to the top. Why is that? Because Obama and Biden are corrupt. Corrupt as hell, and uh, so disgusting. I, I, I saw some numbers. Rasmussen came out with this last night. Rasmussen's a polling company in the U.S., one of the most respected, in my eyes, the most respected. And they say something like sixty percent of, in, of individuals in their poll believe that the uh, the border is a is a really big deal. Fifty five 
percent believe that we're in a an invasion right now. Those numbers come from Democrats. It's Democrats. People in Biden's party believe that. And then independence is much higher. 70% say this border is a big deal. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. And that's what is planned. It's the planned destruction of the greatest, to me, the greatest country in world history. It's hard to argue against it. 200 years of the people running the country. That's the vision. And there's these monsters in the deep state and monsters around the world that want to sneak in and steal this country from the people. And we've got one strong man there that's standing up for all of us is President Trump. And he's been doing it from day one. And he's the one that said in, in, the, in the 2016 campaign, we're going to build a wall. We're going to build it big. And when the Mexican president said it was a, it was a, said some nasty things about Trump, he says it just got 10 feet taller. These guys didn't know what to think of this guy. He's the people's president. It's amazing. A billionaire could be the people's president. He's fighting for America because he knows what a blessing this country is. And he's been so blessed in this country. Listen to what President Trump said yesterday with Maria Bartiroma about the border and where we're at now under the Biden regime. It's a disaster. Listen to President Trump here. I had the safest border in the history of our country. I built 561 miles of wall, and that was good. But I also got Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers free of charge. Now, I told them that we were not going to be happy if you don't do it. We're going to put tariffs on your cars and everything else that you sell us, which is a lot, if you don't do it. And they did it. They gave us 28,000 soldiers, and we had the best border we ever had. To this day, I had the best border we've ever had. Now we have the worst border probably in the history of the world. Anybody going to argue that? I mean, I lived in Hong Kong, or Chinese and Hong Kong. Chinese couldn't cross into Hong Kong, just walk in. You had to go through customs. And I'm telling you, there was a moat between the custom, at the customs office, between China and Hong Kong. There were barbed wire fences on both sides. Nobody's crossing that water. Nobody. Water looked filthy anyways. I don't know why you'd ever go in and probably die just from the toxicity of the uh, water. I mean, that's that's what the world does. That's what the world's done in world history. If you don't want people in, you freaking build a wall. Look at China, Great Wall. This has been going on forever. You don't want people, you know, invading your property. You build a fence. That's what people do. You don't want people coming in your house. Shut your front door. Lock it. This is basic common sense. But under Biden, no. Day one, Biden changed everything. He dropped numerous Trump policies. He it was it was unbelievable. He stopped building the wall. There's all this all this metal that was there. He sold it to Canada for pennies on the pennies on the dollar. Some lucky, probably individual connected to the Bidens bought this steel, shipped it up to Canada. Huge deal for them. Huge deal. Biden, that's the corrupt Bidens. God knows they made money. And 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 now we've got a border deal. And it came out last night. The Senate finally released this report. It's a total piece of garbage. First of all, like somebody says, all Biden has to do is shut down the border. He can do it right now. Shut it down. Need another bill. Shut it down. And yet we've got these rhino Republicans, crooks, liars, liars, like Lankford from Oklahoma. What a snake he is. Skinny little sickle. Sickle somehow gets voted in in Oklahoma. I think they 
bastardized the primary so that forced forcing him to win. He was the only candidate. He was horrible. And he starts saying nice things during the election year. Then he goes out and he puts this bill together with the Democrats. It's it's a travesty. It's a, it's total. 20, 60 out of 120 billion, 60 billion going to Ukraine. What does that have to do with the U.S. southern border? 60 billion. I think another tens of billions to, excuse me, to Israel. There's something like 20 billion they're saying for the border. Who knows what that's about? If he continues with this, it's nothing. It's money to his friends, family, and these outfits that are that are bringing illegals in and moving them around this country. And we don't know where yet. We don't know where all these people are. I've got, I've got an idea. I put a piece up yesterday at joehoff.com. You can take a look. And and in there, I say, are these people hiding at uh, reservations? I had somebody tell me that earlier. Last night, I see a piece, and I wrote about it. Uh, Christy Nome in South Dakota was told by the Indian reservation there, you cannot come on our property. And apparently, they have this agreement with the government that, that they can do that. So what's going on on these properties? How much are the, are the Indians making bringing in these illegals, maybe cartel members, maybe terrorists? What's going on? This is a mess. We've got millions of people in this country that weren't here a few years ago. It's the destruction of the American culture, culture that was for honesty and freedom. And we brought in all these people from third world countries that have no idea what that means. They have no idea. They haven't lived in a country like this. With prosperity, all you have to do is work. If somehow these people are getting money to live. What's going on? What is going on? This $20 billion, you can bet that's going to pay people. Continue to bring them in and continue to fund them. And then I could just see all this just be removed as soon as Trump comes in. This is these people are sick. We're destroying this country. We need to stand up and get behind the one person that's gonna do something because he already has. He's proved it. It's unbelievable what we got going. It's just a nightmare. This country's turned into a nightmare thanks to Biden and Obama. And nobody can can offer more, more advice on this entire topic than George Papadopoulos, who's gonna be with us right after this break. So hang on, we'll be right back with George Papadopoulos. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform, that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, but with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. 
then you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hey, we're back. This is Joe Hoft on The Joe Hoft Show, and I'm I'm honored and pleased uh, to be able to introduce to you a, a figure that's going to be, I think, around for a long time, and and someone who's a, certainly a hero of many of ours, Mr. George Papadopoulos. George, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Uh, and we're thrilled, thrilled. And I got to tell you, you know, when I see you, when I hear you, when I see you on, in, on on TV, doing interviews, et cetera, my heart just goes out to you because I can remember watching this nightmare that was unfolding in front of our eyes day after day with the media pushing narratives that were bogus and and uh, and watching this Department of Justice just crucify people like you, Roger Stone, General Flynn, President Trump. The list goes on and on. And uh you know, so happy for you uh, for for being through that. But I expect, uh, knowing this fascist regime, you'll probably always be a target. Like your, you know, like your bar- book says eloquently, deep state target. I mean, my God, at a young age to be thrown into that. They were, you did you did very well, young man. <laughs> you did very well. Anyways, um, thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts right now? And what's going on in this DOJ and and really your experience? Well, uh, I guess that was a really great prelude to what's really happening to the country today, right? And I always say that even in my, you know, deepest feelings in 2016, 2017, 2018, I knew that while I might have been one of the first, I certainly wasn't the last that was going to be persecuted for my beliefs and my beliefs in American values, conservatism, uh, family and God. And that's really what had attracted me to the MAGA movement, Donald Trump, of course, Ben Carson, who I also advised. And you really did see that these outside renegade candidates who simply had no reason to run whatsoever and st- except to help America were targeted. And that was the same situation I was in. I, I was in a very cushy job in Washington, D.C. And I was given an offer to basically work for any candidate I wanted, including Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, any of these uh, people. And I decided to throw my hat in the ring with some of these people that ended up being targets themselves. So certainly that uh, target, I don't think will ever cease to exist on me, Trump, people like Ben Carson, Roger Stone that you mentioned, and 75 million Americans who simply voted for President Trump. And let's just look at the facts. During the January 6th situation, you have Bank of America releasing illegally bank records to the FBI without subpoenas. You have Facebook and uh, Twitter, now X, before Elon Musk, revealing private data of Americans who simply are Trump supporters. Catholics have been targeted. Parents have been targeted. And what do all of these people have in common? They're simply dissidents and political opponents of the totalitarian left. So that is what I see happening in America, and I did not expect this to metastasize as fast as it has from 2016 to now really target an overwhelming majority of Americans as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was talking to somebody either last night or this morning about just back on YouTube days, how YouTube came out and it was so popular and people would have their shows there. 
And then suddenly there was this scourge. They had to get rid of all conservatives. And immediately there was just this wipeout. No longer a voice for conservatives on YouTube. And then we saw it in social media to the point that uh, President Trump's even removed from social media. You know, and, and it started with, well, number of e events, but the media was a big part of this whole push uh, to take over this country, really, this coup d'etat attempt of President Trump. And here you found yourself right in the middle of it. Yeah, because the Democrats have normalized the politically motivated and selective targeting of political dissent writ large in America. And, and like I explained, I just happened to fall under an umbrella of over 75 million Americans. I just happened to be a much more, I guess, public uh, image that, you know, represented. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm an American citizen, born and raised in America, love this country, just wanted to do my part to uh, give back and help campaign, just like so many millions of Americans do by their own ways, right? You donate, you, you, uh, you know, you campaign, you ballot harvest, you do so many different things. You host fundraisers, you, you know, have conferences and uh, they were targeted as well. And uh, this really is a dark, dark path that the Democrats have taken us under. And uh, it's time for Americans to stand up uh, for what they believe in, to make sure that members of Congress that they have elected to represent them do hold these people's feet to fire and make sure that uh, they actually hold some hearings so that the American people can see what's happening. Because obviously the DOJ is not going to prosecute the Democrats under the Biden administration. So it really is up to Congress right now, I think, for people like James Comer, uh, Jim Jordan, some of these other folks to just hold public hearings uh, and not just about impeaching Mayorkas, but also about the weaponization of the FBI. And I think this is really the only way that these individuals are going to have some fear instilled in them and they might retract or push and you know go back against so, so many of these like overreaching activities that they've done against the American people. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the thing that they fear the most is the truth. And, um, yeah. and that's why they target like me and Jim and the Gateway Pundit, they just, cannot allow light shown on on their on their crimes and all this going on and we were I can remember when you were first arrested and this whole story didn't even know who you were it's like who is this young guy and there's a picture of you with Trump and all this stuff and we talked about it last time you were on the show here kind of leading up to all that happened and then all of a sudden you find yourself arrested and we're like what did this guy do wrong and uh, both you and your wife were brought in for questioning etc and it was just like, what is going on? And and for me, being a, a an auditor in the past, I'm like, why are these people, you know, involved in this? They've got conflicts of interest all over the place. They shouldn't be legally doing this. And and with the DOJ today, they just allow that to happen all the time now. If you're a conservative, they're going to bring in the nastiest uh, pro Hillary goon that they can find uh, to go after you. But what was your experience, uh, you know, when you got arrested and? I think we kind of left off last time you were here. Really, the DOJ and their actions, and 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 really the hell that you put they put you through there for a while. Well, it's one thing if uh, the Department of Justice has probable cause uh, to investigate criminal activity and is really doing their jobs to safeguard American rights and security, right? Because that's what you expect out of our institutions and law enforcement, right? You think that. They just go after the bad guys. They don't invent crimes. They don't, they're not dirty themselves, right? That all 
has been upended. And let's just look at some recent facts, not even ancient history. Just last month, the head of counterintelligence of the FBI, Peter Strzok's boss, Charles McGonagall, was also the individual that initiated Crossfire Hurricane and my uh, situation in which they were spying on me and trying to set me up. He was just sentenced to four years in prison for doing what? Colluding with Russian oligarchs. So the Democrats have actually become masters of projection themselves. If they're doing something illegal or wrong, they have to project that onto a rival like Trump or, or, or Trump's associates or even um, the American people. Kevin Kleinsmith, the FBI lawyer who was in charge of my so-called case, he's now a, con uh, a convicted felon. So to see this story that we're talking about here evolve into four separate investigations, Comey, Mueller, Horowitz, Durham, it's really just dumbfounding because while we've had all these investigations, we still don't have the answers to the most pertinent and relevant and important questions about what really happened in 2016. And some of those questions are, where is Joseph Mifsud? Joseph Mifsud is the Maltese professor who's at the beginning and end of this entire scandal. Where is Stefan Halper? He's the CIA informant who was luring me, General Flynn and others to London and Washington DC to spy on us. The only difference between myself and them is he had a honeypot from Turkey try to do something even more illegal against me. So these are just some questions that have yet to be answered that the American people demand answers for. And people like Congressman Matt Gates during Durham's testimony said, we need these answers, Durham. Why are you part of this cover-up? So I really appreciated Congressman Gates, Gates saying that, but then he has dropped the ball himself and not continued this investigation. So that really, I mean, it, it, what happened to me, of course, you know, with, like I said at the beginning of our conversation, was never going to be the beginning. It was, it was going to be part of a greater plan of corruption. And unfortunately, our own team, meaning Republicans in Congress have also alluded to the Trump administration, they dropped the ball because these files should have been declassified, meaning the Russiagate files. I know Trump has said he's declassified them. And there's been arguments that the FBI actually raided Mar-a-Lago looking for those files. But should Trump get reelected? Actually, his primary priority should be to release these files to the American public and actually hold real criminal investigations into the perpetrators and not these pseudo investigations like Durham and Horowitz and others who basically just uh, gave a little slap on the hand of the FBI and the CIA. So if we don't get the bottom to the bottom of this, and I'm gonna, this is where I wanna uh, finish my point. If we don't get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, after all these years, they're going to repeat it again. They did it in 2020 with the CIA willfully interfered by covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're gonna do it in the 2024 election that we're about to come across. So this is why this is so important. And it's not about my story, it's not about Trump. It's really about the democratic process not being corrupted in America. Yeah, totally, totally. It's, it's amazing, I agree, totally. We can't let these people get by with it. To me, it was a coup d'etat. And and I and I did a piece back when in in one of those years year ends where I shared showed uh, the in 1865 Lincoln was assassinated and he wasn't alone. There's there's a group of people that were brought in and four people were hung. Um, some of them went to prison for a period of time. 
and uh, some were let go. But four people were hung. That was the that was the law back then to commit a coup d'état. To me, this is what was the attempt. It was to try to get rid of Trump at all costs. I think you know you know George, as you're saying that, even then, why did they do such an effort to get Trump? I, I wonder if it was they were so afraid of their crimes under the Obama administration coming out, and you know with with uh, Iran and the billions that were going there or and maybe even helping them develop the uh, nuclear weapon. I don't know. But what all happened under Obama? Why were they so scared that they felt like they needed to target Trump? Was it fear? Or was it hate? You know, I what do, what do you think? I think I think uh, hate was probably 10 percent. And I think fear was 90 percent of the motivation because uh at the end of the day, um, I believe that the entire point of what they were attempting to do with Trump in 2016 was because they wanted to initiate a war with Russia. And I think they really wanted to use so-called Russian interference as the the, the uh, you know, the, the the trigger that they could sell to the American public because you always need that trigger. Right. You can't just usually go into war and, you know, it's a big scandal, especially with a nuclear armed country. So. I think that they wanted to get Trump out of there because they wanted to start the war that we've already seen in Ukraine, right? We see $200 billion of dirty money going to Ukraine. We see the money laundering operation. We see all of this scandal that even the American people now, both on the left and the right, are beginning to scratch their heads and say, what are we actually getting from our return in Ukraine? Uh, they're losing more territory than ever. Russia is obviously taking over, and uh, this all could have been solved with a simple peace deal years ago, but the Democrats decided to initiate the war. So I, I really think um, it was part of maintaining control, uh, having Obama's third term, which would have been to start the situation that we now see with uh, Ukraine and uh, Russia. And Trump, unfortunately for them, stood in the way. And uh, they couldn't allow that. They couldn't allow an outsider, somebody who had his own thought processes and was not just simply going to take the advice of the intel agencies at, at um, face value as somebody that they could trust as commander in chief. So I really think that was the big picture. And of course, secondly, it was to cover up their own misdeeds of their own collusion with the Russians, with the Ukrainians, uh, the, the pay for play, the Clinton Foundation payments, the $500,000 payment to Bill Clinton from Russia's largest national bank. All of this stuff had to be thrown underneath the carpet, underneath the rug of history. All the Hunter Biden scandal stuff, that was never supposed to be exposed. And it was once Trump ascended to the Oval Office. And right now, the only difference between the 2016 coup and what they're attempting now is, 2016 was subtle, now it's overt and they're desperate and they don't know what to do. Yeah, with all these cases against Trump, you're saying. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, George, I've never heard anybody say that before, what you just shared. And I couldn't agree with you more. I remember being so scared. It's like, what are these guys doing? They're going to start a war with Russia. They got nukes. This isn't just some, you know, Afghanistan or some smaller country uh, with a small army. This is Russia. What are we doing and they're blaming Russia. They even said these bogus, I, I, I reviewed one of these situations last night even, and I wrote about it at the Gateway Pundit when it occurred. They indicted like 13 Russians. And as we looked into that for, for supposedly helping sway the vote towards Trump away from Hillary, 
it was total bogus. And even some of these guys, there, the, a, a law firm showed up uh, for on, in respect of uh, representing Concord Management, and they never expected that. And these guys say, "Hey, we don't even know who these people are. They didn't work for us. You know what is this?" And they started destroying the DOJ's case. Eventually, the DOJ dropped the case. Said, "Well, we can't continue because classified information will end up in a." you know, foreigners' hands, and so we can't continue. The, the, the fact was they were caught. It was all a lie, and they never expected somebody to show up in court and represent one of these outfits that they had indicted. The whole thing was a sham, but I remember, what fear? What's going on here? And you're right, they're still doing it. I, you know, nobody's ever said that before, George, at least that I've seen, say they wanted a war with Russia, and of course cover up their crimes, a war with Russia. Why do you think they wanted a war with Russia? I, 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 and I say this really whole, wholeheartedly um, based on the aggressive maneuvering of the intel agencies, and not simply domestic. I think MI6, uh, the British uh, intelligence services, they actually were leading this entire operation. And you could simply just look at my story and Flynn. A lot of the activity was out of London, right? Uh, the Durham investigation actually declassified some so-called text messages with British officials uh, regarding what they were up to uh, regarding crossfire hurricanes. So I think the British and the Americans, primarily the British, had a vested interest in war with Russia in order to destabilize uh, Russia, to overthrow Putin, uh, and to basically um, create this new security architecture in Eurasia that they thought would have happened simply by Putin collapsing. Uh, you saw it with uh, the failed uh, um, intelligence regarding Wagner Group and the coup attempt against Putin, how everybody thought, oh, this was going to happen. Putin was going to be overthrown. It didn't happen. So uh, and, and I qualify what I'm saying with how the media decided to run with all of the fake intel stories, hook, line and sinker without doing their own research. You just alluded to the Russian, the 13 Russian uh, so-called hackers. The media never did their due diligence. They just ran with what the DOJ, which of course gets fed by the uh, the intel agencies to create these fake cases, and didn't do any research of their own and just decided to parrot those talking points. So uh, I really unfortunately saw with my own uh, experience a collusion between the intel agencies and the media to create this war. And I think it was, like I said, to create this new architecture in Eurasia and really just allow China to be the dominant power. And we've seen that obviously with uh, the, the pay for play scheme with China and the Biden family, with the, with the Democrats, and Trump was really the only candidate that stood up to China. So China's a big actor in this. And if you look back at what we were trying to do in 2016, I was the only uh, campaign member who gave an interview to the Russian media, to Interfax, it's uh, Russia's biggest newspaper. And the title of the interview was uh, Sanctions Have Done Nothing But Put Russia in China's Hands. All Trump wanted to do was similar to what Kissinger wanted to do, and that is divide Russia and China, because you have Russia and China working in an alliance. It's game over. And that's really all that the Biden administration has done by implementing sanctions and uh, you know trying to uh, isolate Russia. China's gone in the game. 
They're buying up Russian assets for pennies on the dollar. They're buying up Russian oil and gas for nothing. They're growing their economy and their military. And sooner rather than later, we're going to be facing both Russia and China instead of uh, one or the other. And that's something that uh, unfortunately is going to be lead to our demise as an American empire, if you want to call it that. No, that's it. I mean, this constitution we have is just brilliant. I've had somebody from Italy on my show share that. And uh, yet, um, you know, they're willing to they're willing to throw it out the window. We don't have a constitution if we lose the war to China and Russia. We no. don't have any uh, constitution. I've heard uh, others mention, you know, Alex Jones said, you know, they want to take over this country. because They've got a they've got a you know, food problem in China. They haven't been able to feed their people maybe forever. have always had to import and uh, take over the U.S. Man, you've you've settled that. I mean, it's kind of radical thinking, but it's like, my God very well could be i'm i'm really impressed by you sharing this it's it's shocking to me you know since we talked last time we've had a couple guests on and one one individual a couple have mentioned how russia was involved in the civil war they came in and and supported abraham lincoln and 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 actually as a balance against the uh, the uk my understanding is the uk was funding the south you're giving the guns to the South. They were, they, I heard at Gettysburg, something like every gun that was used by the South was a British made gun. This, this, the Brits have for a long time been interfering in US relations. And, and even in the Civil War, they, that's why Lincoln had to set up the blockade, prevent the Brits from funding this, this Confederacy. And quite frankly, uh, one of the, one of the prepositions or propositions was that they, by continuing fund confederacy the uk allowed that war to continue and how many thousands of american lives were lost as a result and what what do we see now with ukraine this continued battle that's just killing ukrainians and russians right now and and who's behind it the us and and the eu and of course i guess the uk as well so this has been going on for a really long time well, while while the British Empire has seen you know the end of its reign, uh, you still see the effect of the British Empire not only in the United States, based on this very good example you just mentioned. Because of course, the British never wanted to lose their colonies in the U.S. They never wanted to lose the sub the the Asian subcontinent. They never wanted to lose their outpost in Hong Kong. They didn't want to lose Ireland. So they didn't want to lose the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean, a very strategic island there right across from Syria. So what did they implement in the United States, Ireland, Cyprus, India, Pakistan, Hong Kong, mainland China? The divide and conquer strategy. And that's really how they've actually continued as a small island state to have the Commonwealth that they now run with over 190 countries or 90 countries or so by dividing and conquering these territories to this day. And that's really what the map showcases today of how the world really works in these very important regions that we discuss, including in the US, India, Pakistan, Hong Kong, mainland China, Ireland, North Ireland, and mainland Ireland. So the British um, this is something that, of course, no one in the mainstream media covered because, first of all, one, they probably don't believe it, or two, they don't want to believe it, or three, it's so sensitive that they couldn't report it. But the British, I believe, are running U.S. foreign policy to this day. 
And I'll just give an example of in recent history, Ukraine was ready to sign a peace agreement, I think almost two years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. Zelensky was ready to sign a peace agreement, Erdogan in Turkey uh, was brokering it between Putin and Zelensky. And who ends up flying over to Kyiv to sabotage that peace agreement? It wasn't Biden, it wasn't Blinken, it was Boris Johnson, who was the prime minister of the UK, going there and saying, you're not going to sign this peace agreement. And it seems that the UK has a vested interest in this war ongoing, and it's dragging the United States into it while the US taxpayers suffer. Now, the UK is not in the EU anymore. The UK's remittance or you know uh, allocation of funds to Ukraine is minuscule compared to what the United States has funded, both with financing and weaponry. And now even the EU has just signed a 50 billion euro package to Ukraine after Hungary dropped its veto. So the, the UK is actually incredibly in smart in this whole situation because they're getting the most out of destabilizing the European continent, Eurasia and the United States, while they're gonna go up there and probably buy assets in Ukraine and Europe for pennies on the dollar like they have around the world. So uh, this is you know, something that our so-called special relationship with them is really not special at all. And it's actually, diminishing our economy and our standing in the world by following their lead. So I know it's a little out there and it's people don't talk about it like this, but you really have to uh, recalibrate how the U.S. views its position in the world, which allies it's going to work closely with, because the world is changing and every country today is looking out for its own interests. And the U.K. certainly is not looking out for America's interests, is looking out for their own interests. And Brexit was obviously part of that and all these other factors that we've discussed over the last 20 minutes. I'd say every country's uh, working for their own best interests, except for the U.S. That's, that's the summary. That's exactly that's the that's exactly the summary of uh, everything. That's that's right. And they, as they should. And uh, and so to, with, under Biden, we've got China seems like they're ruling the ruling the. The country right now, uh, UK perhaps with this Ukraine, like you mentioned, um, and you know, and the Bidens are totally lost or inept or you know just part of this thing. The southern border is such a nightmare, and uh, we even saw we even saw the Senate package come out last night. And my understanding is out of 120 billion or something like 60 billion is going to um, Ukraine. You know, what does that have to do with the southern border? Or and then another 2.3 billion is going to uh, to help facilitate uh, the building of settlements, basically, in the U.S. for these illegal immigrants. And and you know, George, my background was in corporate, in in uh, in finance and audit, and I oversaw a billion dollar block of business once, the financial reporting. And I got to tell you, billion dollars is huge. It's huge. Nobody can get their hands around that. No one person. You've got to have great controls in place. And these guys are throwing around billions of dollars like it's nothing. A billion. Most companies don't make a billion in the U.S. in sales, let alone net income. Very few. And yet we're throwing these numbers around like it's just it's play money. It's monopoly, and and billions going overseas. Like you said, the American the people that are suffering the most is the American taxpayer. And like you said, UK they're. They don't have to throw that money in like that. They're sitting back and 
relishing this situation right now where they can benefit at uh, the U.S. expense, as maybe this has been going on for a long time that I never even appreciated before. So, Over 30 trillion in debts, over 30 trillion in debts simultaneously with a war against the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. Now, the as as the reserve currency, because you're you're in, you're in, this is your background, so you understand what I'm saying. As a reserve currency, the U.S. is able to service its debt without high interest rates and just print, 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 print into oblivion without ever having to face a reckoning. Unlike other countries, which depend on this dollar, the biggest problem, and this is something that I learned during my trips abroad and just hearing from analysts in Europe and in Belarus and, you know, following the Russian media and the BRICS uh, situation and this emerging new block of, uh, co- of countries that are trying to replace the dollar as re- the reserve currency. What the sanctions against Russia did was basically the demise of the reserve currency. And what do I mean? Many countries looked at how the EU and the US froze sovereign funds, wealth funds, or reserve funds of Russia and said, wait a minute, if they can do this to Russia for stepping out of line, they could freeze all of our assets that are in dollars or euros, including, you know, people in South Africa, you know, the UAE, China, all of these emerging economies and emerging powers in Africa, the Middle East and Asia. And they said to themselves, and India too, by the way, and they said to themselves, why should we be dependent on the dollar as a reserve currency when they can just sanction and seize our assets? Why don't we create a new uh, rival to the dollar, a new geoeconomic architecture, meaning BRICS, to destroy the dollar as a reserve currency and to see a new multilateral operation of different currencies engaging in bilateral trade, uh, goods, services, oil. And that's really the most dangerous effect of what sanctions have done. If the US loses its reserve currency status, that 30 trillion in debt, all these $200 billion and uh, all these billions that you just explained are not going to be serviced. The economy will collapse. And we will be entering something 10 times worse than the global depression. And this is something that I fear most now watching this new situation emerging with the BRICS, how these countries are now not trading in US dollars anymore, how oil is being priced in euros, not dollars anymore in certain markets. This is what we should really be focusing on. And sanctions and this dumb war in Ukraine I would say exacerbated the decline of the U.S. dollar at a time when the U.S. Congress simply wants to throw money for pet projects and not invest it here at home. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, George, brilliant. The other thing that grabbed me about the uh, reserve currency was it seemed like there was action right after Afghanistan when when our allies saw what we did there. Uh, we what a what a debacle and disaster and really uh, surrender. Uh, just beyond just a horrendous surrender when when you're you, you you know you there's no reason you need to surrender you know you 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 rule this you've got and we had billions of dollars over there i've talked to some guys that sort of in military said 
hey, some of the stuff that we handed over is such top secret. We had to do all sorts of uh, chain of custody on these various weapons, et cetera, because we didn't want it to get in the wrong hands. And we just left it there. This guy said, we know we've left that for the Chinese and the Russians or whoever came in and, and took this, the Taliban who's selling it. And, and that's when I noticed right after Afghanistan failing. Well, two things. One, I had Michelle Bachman on my show, former representative uh, from Minnesota. She said, said, well, we are no longer a world power. <laughs> I thought, what? And um, <clears throat> she did say another thing that I'll never forget. She says, and the Biden administration is the administration of death. And I'm like, whoa, these are big statements. And uh, but she was, I think, I believe she's right. Times, times show, you know, time is showing that. And certainly Ukraine's a mess. But I saw Saudi Arabia step aside after Afghanistan. They said, hmm, why are we why are we playing with these guys when they're doing what they're doing in Afghanistan? So I, the policies of the administration are, have been devastating as well. And there's, like you said, there's going to be re residue, residual effect here in our economy to these horrible actions. Our border is another example. Just people see that. They don't have, you know, they're losing faith in this country as, as quite frankly, they should. And maybe as it's intended. You mentioned Afghanistan and I think $80 billion of US military equipment. And you mentioned an open border. Now, does that sound like a nice equation? $80 billion in the hands of Islamist radical terrorists, plus an open border, plus not simply uh, Latinos going through this border, but now you have people from all around the world, including the Middle East, African countries, Asian countries, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, they're all flying into Mexico or Brazil or El Salvador or wherever, and they're simply going through that border. And who knows what weapons they're bringing? It's not simply drugs. What I, what I worry the most about is the security situation. The drug epidemic and the drug crisis, the fentanyl crisis is insane. It's horrible. Thousands of Americans are dying a day based on that. But can you imagine if terrorists bringing weapons from Afghanistan, meaning sophisticated U.S arms cross the border through Mexico and start in war here in America. That's something we're not talking enough about, uh, but it's certainly a risk. I know, of course, the FBI, uh, the vaunted FBI uh, has released a report, I think, just a couple days ago, saying that the southern border now has become a hotbed for potential terrorist activity, terrorist attacks. They're not even just simply using it as like a humanitarian issue. They're calling it a security, a security risk. And this is just part and parcel of failed U.S. foreign policy, failed administration policies that you almost have to think are intentional at this point, because the mistake after the mistake after the mistake seem to be by design, not by mistake. I, I couldn't agree more. Again, I think you're spot on. The, um, the fact that uh, all this is happening, who, who would, like you said, who would open their border and and just allow anybody to cross in. It's like who would open their door at night and let just anybody walk into their house, any rodent, anything, just come on in. I'm going to bed and I'm going to be sleeping and you just do whatever you want. It's insane. Nobody does that. We lock our doors at night because we don't want anything to happen like that. And yet, well, here we are doing it with the southern border. And and you're right. It's a recipe. I've been saying it's the destruction of America. And, and another thing that hit me, I, I worked in Hong Kong for almost a decade, and the thing that grabs me is what they China's done to Hong Kong. 
you inf- you you change the culture and and they've done that by opening basically increasing the ability for chinese to move into hong kong and uh and they'll change the culture that way and we're seeing that with this southern border opening too we're bringing a lot of people into the us that they don't understand the freedom they don't understand prosperity work hard the american way things like that cuz they never had that before and and i think that's a big part of this whole mess too definitely intentional definitely i think you're spot on you know uh i was born and raised in chicago and chicago is a obviously a heavily democrat city right i mean the dnc convention is going to be there later this uh, year right and the failed democrat policies there have destroyed a once great city i don't even like to go back and visit there i mean los angeles obviously has its own problems where we where we currently live but uh, it's a little better than what's happened over there and the reason i'm bringing up these cities is because they are actually first and foremost one of the most affected by this open border situation uh governor abbott in texas has decided to say hey you're not going to turn my state into a cesspool or this uh, this dangerous state where you don't have these where you have these uh you know unvetted people just meandering around and uh you know attacking people or working illegally so we're going to bust them up to los angeles we're going to bust them up to chicago and now the inner city people of chicago los angeles new york they're all saying wait a minute these people are coming here they're taking our tax pay, our tax dollars they're getting free hotel beds they're living in comfort while we're struggling and they're saying to themselves we finally see the failed policies of the democrats in our face and that's why i think the Demo- the republicans can take advantage of this hold rallies in inner cities in one's democrat strongholds like uh, new york chicago la and say we can offer real solutions and protect you and put you first because now it's real it's tangible it's not um uh theory at this point when you see an illegal migrant uh taking services that should be for your family at a time that you're struggling in the inner city of New York the Bronx Chicago LA and a republican comes and says we have a solution to this that's a powerful message right now and i don't think it's a coincidence that trump during his recent interview with maria bartiromo said i should hold a rally in the bronx because he knows what's happening he knows that the people in the inner cities are the first to be affected by illegal immigration illegal uh, activity in the workforce black workforce you know the black market i mean and uh you know where people just get paid in cash and you know get paid $5 an hour instead of 10 and that's really something that i think trump and the republicans should take advantage of right now man and i think we're going to see it and i'm seeing people in those cities saying what's going on george it's been a real honor to have you again thanks so much for being with us today and best of luck in everything that you do and remind people to go out and get your book new state target and uh thank you for all you've done for this country to date as well i appreciate it thanks so much thank you we'll be back tomorrow on the joe hoff show